right. What is up? No, I'm just laughing. I'm just sitting there watching you 30 seconds. No, no, that's, what, that's what I say. I say, what is up? At the beginning of every time. Okay. Do you want to reclap and say, what is up? No, or no, no. no we're, we're keeping go- that we're going. <laughs> Today I have Joey Falcon. Wait, give me one second. Oh, yeah, I'm, okay. not, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. All right, I got Joey Falcone on. Hello. Joey is a friend from high school. It's been a while since we talked, so I'm excited to have you on and catch up and just have a good time. I am excited to be here with you. <laughs> awesome. All right, so my first question. I actually have a few questions for you. If you Dead ass? Okay. Yeah, first question. Uh, how come you invited me on the podcast after we ran into each other by chance and you didn't just reach out to me? <laughs> Well, that's a good question because I would have never thought of having you on this podcast, <laughs> but then I saw you and I wanted to talk about the podcast with my friends. I was like, oh, it's going to be awkward. Yeah, it's awkward Joey to have someone and I'm not invited, but so I, you know, reluctantly was like, oh, okay. okay, well, I'm glad that you thought of me. Yeah, um, of course. Next good, question. Good question. Where do babies come from and what is a credit score? Where do I buy one? Okay. These are all great <laughs> questions. Where do babies come from? So two people will have sex. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so people have sex and then it comes out of a mom's vagina. Oh. What was the next question? What is the vagina? Okay, sorry. You can ask me your questions now. I just, I'm not gonna lie, I went to the bathroom and I thought of all of these. Did and I was know? like, I need to. Wait, did you have any more? Um, no, another one was just gonna ask you what's your favorite color. But I was like, that's kind of. Green! I like your shirt, by the way. Hat? Are you gonna tell me that's not green? Is that what you. I was like thinking of it, but I was like, that doesn't make sense. Because yeah, it's, it it's green. So. Do, you, do you think my couches are green or gray? I think that um, I'm colorblind. Okay. No. Um, I think they're like a really, really, really like lightish tone of green. I'm sorry. I always say gray. All right. To the, <laughs> to the question. I had a question. Okay. So you rock climb. That's where I ran into you. Yes. And you've been doing it for like a year, right? Yeah. I've been doing it for a month. Yeah. And I've got I'm I'm not saying I'm good, but I'm like super into it. And I really want to get good. Like there's a mm-hmm. climbing club in my school that I want to try to cool. join. So you've been doing it for a year and it looked like you got pretty good at it. So I was curious, first, what got you into it? And second, someone who's a month in, what would you give advice on like how to improve? Well, these are actually good questions. I was gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, there's gonna be questions like mine. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, what's your favorite color? No. Um no, I'm kidding. No, uh I think what got me into rock climbing, this is going to be a very controversial answer. Really? But I really like the movies Free Solo and The Dawn Wall. Is that controversial? I love Free Solo. Well, so for people who have been climbing, it's like the whole reason the sport's kind of getting more mainstream is because these big documentaries come out where like there's actually an audience and people are like, that's super cool. But then they go and try it and they go, wow, this is way harder than it looks. But um, yeah, a lot of people think that like... Free Solo, since it's like this huge blockbuster, won an uh, Oscar for movies, right? Won an Oscar. Wow. There's a Grammy know. for movies. A, gr- a Grammy's no, for, Grammy's music. for music. <laughs> <laughs> a great know. soundtrack. Oh, a, <laughs> <laughs> Free Solo was famous for the music. I didn't even watch the movie. Yeah. No, but um, it, it just won an Oscar, and it was just like, it really kind of put rock climbing really in the mainstream. There's been other films and stuff, but that's like the big one. Um, so I ended up being like, well, I want to rock climb more here i knew about our local gym because when i the pad yes the pad when i was 14 the pad was originally named origin and my sister actually took me there with her and a few of her friends who are people that also went to green valley or wait miles was supposed to say yeah I, I, there was actually a podcast where i said greed and it was like oh shit but i was like i don't care yeah it's, 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 it's we're great. not gonna go there no anyway. one's gonna go to our school yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god, is this for this podcast? <laughs> hey, the name's not official yet. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyways, but yeah, so uh, my sister and a few of her friends went. And they just took me, and um, I never really went again. And then I watched that movie, and I was like, I want to try getting into it more. I was playing tennis with a few friends, and that was kind of like my big kind of hobby at the time. Really? Yeah, but the thing is, is in uh, in Las Vegas, it's like it's either really really cold or it's going to be really hot during the day. Yeah. So it's like there's not really a good time to play tennis. Like the tennis season's not very good here. What about indoor tennis? Is That's that, that was the thing. We were actually looking for indoor <clears throat> gyms, and the only place I could find an indoor tennis court was in a uh, a gym that's like two hundred dollars a month. Wow. And I was like, damn. I'm not going to do that. Tennis be expensive. So, tennis is just, yeah. It's the, actually, the tennis balls are the most, um, they are like the worst for the environment. They're like, yeah, you can only use them for like four games and they can't be recycled. It's a really sad thing. Yeah. It's horrible. Can you not just use it more than four games? I mean, I do. But like professional tennis, they'll be like, okay, really? like in professional circuits, <clears throat> they'll have like a ton of games and they'll use the ball like once and then they throw more. And I'm like, what? And you can't recycle them, so you're kind of just throwing away, like, garbage. And then tennis strings are made from cow guts. And it's... <laughs> are you serious? This is a really sad topic. No, <laughs> no tennis strings are, um, I believe, for one like for one racket, <clears throat> one set of strings is one cow. Why? Why can't they just use spider webs or something? Yeah, why don't they just use rope? You're right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's... No, well, anyways, it got cold for rock climbing, and we were, like... Well, cold for someone who's lived in las vegas for other people they're like it's probably great weather but um but it got cold and we're, we're like i knew there were about a local gym that was like five minutes from the tennis court that we play at me and my friend adrian and we were like let's try and go there uh instead and we ended up going i took him like once or twice and he really liked it and so did i and then we just started we got a membership and now we just go consistently. were you naturally good at it when you started <laughs> no really? i could climb a v1 uh but I know now it's the gym. They actually made it a little bit more difficult. So honestly, now first starting, I probably would have taken at least two <coughs> weeks to climb a V one. But we oh, could you're climb. Just saying that to make me feel. Better. No, I'm being serious. The, the gym kidding. got way hard for no reason. But I climbed V zero V one for the first maybe two or three weeks. Then I did a V two, and then I didn't do a V two again for like another two three weeks. Oh, I did my first V two by the way. Did you really? Was it the yellow one? No. No, no, I tried that one, but I couldn't get. Up to this last one, yeah. I, it was like an orange one. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, and I probably shouldn't talk about things that there's no like image of, like your couch. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> I know. I asked about the couch. I was like, I don't want to fucking. You, see you just have to put photos up. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea, actually. You didn't think of that? No, <laughs> I might actually do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Were you rudely insulted? <laughs> No, but yeah, I climbed a V2, and then I, it took me a while, but then, like, I think with rock climbing is... Wait, wait, first... can you explain, like, what the grading system is real quick? Well, boy, that's such a loaded question. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because the grades, it's really up to people's interpretation. Because there are ones that I'll do, I'll do a V6 at our gym, and I'll be like, that was a V4. But then I'll do a V3, and I'm like, what, or I can't do a V3, because it's so difficult, and I'm like, there's no way this is a V3. Could it be because, so, like, people have different strengths, so, like, a V6 yeah, might be hard because, like, you have to push hard? That's kind of the issue when it comes to <coughs> gyms have certain people who work as a route setters. Like, their main job is to come in, they'll screw in their holes, put in their route. You'll see there's even initials normally, yeah. and it's the people who set them. Unfortunately, though, a lot of the people who set them, they think it's, uh, like, 
some people are really, really good. So they're like, oh, this is like a four, but it's like actually kind of a little bit more yeah, difficult. Yeah, it seems hard to standardize. Like, it is hard to standardize. But um, yeah. in like the main grading system that's used in the United States is V0 up to V17. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's technically like a system for like, I think V0 to <laughs> V3 or 4 is like beginner. V like V4 to like V8 is like intermediate. And then like, it's like, I think. Like advanced. Yeah, or maybe it's like V8 to V10 is advanced, and anything past that, you're a pro. I um, saw I saw some image, and it was a graph of all the yeah. things, and the bottom it was like V17, it's like 0.01% of the population yeah. can do uh, this. V17, there's really only like, I think, two or three routes that are considered V17. Whoa. I know one of them is called Burden of Dreams, and I think, I think, I honestly could be completely wrong, because this is like the little littlest bit of knowledge I have, because I don't even bother looking up that high. <laughs> but um, there is... Like, if you look at it, if you look at the the main V17, they just used to call it, I think, Burden of Dreams, because... Is this something that's outdoors or an indoor? Yeah, I don't think it's possible. I think you can't set more than, like, a V15 in an indoor gym, because uh-huh. it's, like, like it has to be that difficult. Um, so, V17 is... I think there's only two routes, actually. I think one of them's called Return of the Sleepwalker, and the other one's called Burden of Dreams. And it's, like, if you look at this wall, it just looks flat. Really? Like it looks like I don't know how. Oh, people, is it like all the tiny? Yeah, shit like people will try it and like their fingers will be bleeding from the because it just like it's like cutting up their fingers yeah. so bad. But um, yeah. yeah. So there's that. But uh, basically, like the grades, you'll think like, oh, well, if it goes up to seventeen, like one through eight are probably really easy. But no, like if you go to any rock climbing gym, if you climb outdoors, you definitely won't be able to do above a V two if you're first starting. Uh, if you go to a gym, you, if you're really strong, maybe like you have like a gymnastic background, you could definitely do probably V2, V3. Uh, I guess some people can do higher than that. It just depends on their like skill set. But no, the, the grades in between like each difficulty from what it seems like is huge jumps. Like it, it seems like V0 to V1 isn't that big of a jump, but then it's like V1 to V2 is a little bit of a jump. Then like V2 to V3, it's like huge. Then V3 to V4 is big and it just gets bigger and bigger until you're like, whoa. Like I'm climbing a piece of paper. Like it's like <laughs> that. So what would you advise me then if I want to get better within the next year? Um well the thing is is you're actually pretty strong. And unfortunately, out of I climb with two other people. I climb with a girl and a guy. Uh they're the girl's light, so she doesn't weigh a lot. And then the uh guy, he's strong, so she, but he weighs like hundred and forty pounds. Uh, I weigh, I originally weighed 150 when I started, but I tried to gain weight because I wanted to get like muscly. So I reached 180 and now I'm going back down. The issue is though, the heavier you are, like I know you're the heaviest out of the people you climb with. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. It's like adding more weights to like doing yeah, dumbbells. No, that makes sense. Not to advise you to not eat. Well, because... I was about to just stop eating food. You know? I mean, that's a strategy. <laughs> that's no, a, strat- a lot of, um, a lot of professional rock climbers <clears throat> actually do have eating disorders. They, I know that sounds sad. It's really sad. But it, so in reality, since you're heavier, uh, the best thing that you can really focus on is since you're heavier, it's probably because you have more muscle. Because it's not like you're uh, you're not like toned or anything. Appreciate like that. that. I mean, you're still like <laughs> that is a little too heavy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, sorry, I've been getting like nosebleeds the last few days, and I thought I was about to get one. I was like, how funny would that be? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be I try to make it happen. I just start crying. I'm just <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I think just I would say like look up some technique and stuff like that. Because you'll notice that, like, when you first start rock climbing, you'll think it's, oh, it's all how strong you are and whatnot. But you'll see, like, 
I know I when we rock climbed together like that one time, I kept saying like flag this and flag that, and it's like I know it's funny, <laughs> and it's like quit telling me to do that. But you'll notice on certain routes when you actually do have that kind of technique. It makes it significantly easier. And there's so many different ways you can, like, be grabbing stuff. Like the crimp way where you, like, wrap yeah. your thumb around. There was one where I tried it mm-hmm. without flagging and it was, like, very hard to start. Yeah. When I tried flagging, it was just, like, mm-hmm. I was standing. And, and unfortunately, the higher the grades get, the more it's, like, technique-oriented. A lot of it is, like, keeping your body close to the wall. Unfortunately, as guys, <coughs> we have um, our center of gravity is more in our chest. So it's, like, if we lean forward, it's really easy for us to fall off. And girls have their center of gravity in their butt. So it's easier for them to stay close to a wall. So, yeah, it's, there's I've actually a lot of physics around it. So I would say just, um, like, this is probably, probably bad. Anyone who's, like, actually rock climbs, like, their whole life, probably like, wow, this guy's a, an idiot. <laughs> hey, but, hey, you're just talking to us beginners. But I think a lot of what I did is I went on, like, Instagram a lot. And I got, like, recommended a lot of, like, rock climbing videos. And it's, like, you'll see... Just about like learning where you should put your feet and your hands and how it can keep you on the wall easier for certain different type of dynamic moves. And then you'll notice how much easier the sport gets without you really getting a lot stronger or like less heavy or anything. Uh, so, I, yeah. <clears throat> I remember you said this and I always like see people saying this to you, like your feet are really important in yeah. terms of like, like pushing yourself up and stuff. Yeah. And like people will say, use your feet more. Mm-hmm. And I find it hard. I feel like I'm putting all my trust in my arms when I'm doing it. And I don't know how to put it's more trust super, in my It's super scary. I'm going to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. And you, this is definitely not a necessity, but it definitely probably make life a little bit easier. You should probably buy your own set of climbing shoes. Oh, yeah. I think um, rental shoes are not bad at all, especially when it's like, oh, yeah, let's go rock climbing for the day. But it's like when you actually start really trying to get into it. Some people, like there's a video, I think, of uh, Magnus Mitbo. He's like the most subscribed rock climbing YouTube channel. And he, like, climbed with oven mitts and rental shoes. Like, he didn't get chalk or anything. And he could climb, like, V7. But that guy has been climbing since he was, like, 12 years old. He's, like, a mega... Oven mitts? Yeah, he's, like, a mega god. It's a crazy video. But um, for most normal people, it's, like, uh, having climbing shoes really does make a difference. Uh, You don't need to get super expensive ones to start with. But it'll really help you probably trust your foot a little bit more on, like, those little... Because I know there's, like, those holds where it's, like, they're just flat. And it's, like, why even have it there? But you'll notice when you really get your, like, a good shoe, or even if you don't even really need a shoe, but if you really can start to trust your foot on them, it becomes such an easier sport. And I know some people recommend trying to keep a stiff arm as much as possible, so, like, their arm's not bent. Because then it's not really using, it's not like you're keeping flexion in your, like, bicep. Is that a good piece of advice? Uh, that's what I've been trying to do. It is on a lot of ones, because your your arms won't get tired. You'll keep that good endurance, uh, or they won't get tired as fast. But, um... Obviously, it just depends on the route you're doing. Sometimes you have to have a bent arm. Uh, but the thing is, is, if you're going to do that, a lot of it's going to come down to keeping your feet in good places or oh, else you're okay. going to pop off. <clears throat> As opposed to like, you could just camp, I think it's campus is what they call it, where you don't use your feet at all and you just like climb with your hand. I could do those on like a V1. Whoa. But it's like, it's basically just pull up after pull up. That it's not really. Like, cool though. Like, yeah. But it looks cool and it's like people, it's a big joke where it's like, me campusing a v1 with my shirt off so all the girls like me but in reality it's really not that hard as comparison to like really doing a real route what um, about with the strategy where you have straight arms is could there be like a downside where you have to kind of pull further to reach if that makes sense yeah yeah it really comes down to how you like to climb some people really like <coughs> explosive movements i'm one of those people where like i actually like to keep my arms bent i like to do fast jumps and be reaching around and grabbing stuff really quick but I know, like, there are technical people who they'll like to do everything really slow, and it really requires a lot of balance. 
Of course, some holds, like you'll notice when you get in the higher grades, there will be some holds where if you have a stiff arm, you're just going to come right off because it's like so slopey. Uh, but there are certain ones where if it's like late, if it's angled just right, you really could like hang on to something and take a second to rest and like shake out an arm. Uh, but it just depends. You mainly do bouldering. You don't climb up on yeah, so I do I. The ropes thing you, you've never tried it. Nah. I've done it a few times. I enjoy it. Um, <coughs> the highest I've climbed, I think, is 511. Oh, yeah. It's a different which, grading system. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's such a weird thing. What do you, what do you think is like a bottleneck in terms of getting better? Like, you know how people say they plateau, like in progress? Yes. Would it be like finger strength or, um, so they don't have the technique down? A lot of people say to use the hangboard, which is like those little boards you put your fingers in them and you hang from them. I don't even Um, think I can like. (laughs) Yeah. So the thing with the hangboard is you should do that, but you should probably wait until I think like at least six months of climbing. Because you'll probably hurt yourself. Because we're not really like... Like, no one can just go up to that and hang off that for like three minutes a day. And be like, oh yeah, my fingers are completely fine. Like, that's not a natural thing to do. So I definitely would suggest getting into that. If you want to start, there are ones where like... There's the there's multiple levels on them. And there's ones where it's like your whole hands basically go in. So you're just hanging. And it's like, that'll train them over time. But I think grip strength is super important. Really figuring out certain type of techniques, like learn how to flag, learn how to do all that. I know it's like considered beginner, but if you feel like you're plateauing in the beginning stages, definitely learn all of that. And then from, if you're already like, you're, you consider yourself advanced or intermediate and then you start plateauing, I would just um, continue to challenge yourself. Um, a lot of people probably won't like the answer to this, but it's like, I'm for taking more rest days. Cause like I've had climbing days where like I'll climb every other day and then I'll have like four sessions where I just climb like ass like i can't do anything uh, and i'm like wow this sucks and then i take a long rest and then it's like you have more time to reset yeah what's a good amount of time i mean i'm sure it's different for everyone yeah. but what's a good amount of time to practice each week um like if i practice I two times a week would that be enough to still get better i think i mean you'll get better no matter what i think i think right. if you want to like go exponentially be climbing like v10s in a uh, year i think i don't think you can train any amount in one year to be able to do oh, that yeah, yeah. No, but um i think that Climbing two times a week is not bad. I did three to four, um, but there were days, there was points where I would go like three days in a row, and it's like, in reality, it's probably not horrible, but you really got to do give your muscles time to recover. You can't just keep going and doing stuff like that. Unless you like go on a trip where you're like climbing with your friends for like a weekend, then you should climb every day just for fun, you know? I have a question, kind of similar. So I work out. Well, I don't want to answer it. (laughs) Okay, next question. (laughs) So I work out every morning, right? And so I have like a push and pull days. Yeah. So, am I able to kind of supplement pull days sometimes with climbing? Like, is it the same type of Actually, exercise as you think? Um, <clears throat> I would say yes. I mean, I don't think that... I think if you like to just do these full-on, like, all-body workouts, I think you should continue to do that. But in reality, you'll notice um, you're using... You're pretty much engaging every muscle you pull with whenever you rock climb. Of course, it's not like you're doing, like, pull-ups and stuff. Because a lot of it, there are routes you will climb where they will be graded high and it'll hardly use your muscle. It'll really just be a lot of technique and being, and really use the most muscle you're going to use is like your forearm. Oh, but bro. I think you probably, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, you really Dude, feel my that first in the beginning. The, yeah. The next like three days after I couldn't like mm-hmm. press the remote. Yeah. I opened my car door like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think that, hmm. yeah, I think that you probably could supplement it and do like your pole days still supplement it with rock climbing. Uh, you'll probably be able to climb more and you'll probably get more sessions in. Will it necessarily be as good as like really doing a full like back yeah. workout or triceps? That's debatable. Well, Cause sometimes I get worried cause I'll do like 
two push days, two pull days, but then rock climbing on top, I get worried, like, what if my back gets bigger than my chest? And then I start looking like a hunchback. I would. <laughs> I don't think you look like a hunchback. I, I want oh, to not. No. <laughs> not more than you already do. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's getting hot in here, man. Really oh, I'm okay. um, honestly, I'm not going to lie. If I were to take off my shirt right now, I'm not going to do that. If I were to take yeah, off my shirt right now, my back is more defined than my, um, my, uh, my front. But you'll Ooh. notice. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> just kidding. Actually, you could just take my, my pecs and just tie them together. They're so flabby. But if you touch <laughs> my back, your hand will shatter. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not that undefined. But, good, um, yeah, you'll notice that, like, you, you probably will get more, like, toned and stuff like that. But in reality, if you're not having a super, like, huge diet and stuff, it's not like it's going to get significantly uh, bigger. Like, unless, I don't know if you really, like, I tried to gain a lot of weight and gain a lot of muscle. Well, that was another question I want to ask. <laughs> Is it, do you think someone could be good at rock climbing but also try to get very muscular? Oh, absolutely. Really? I think that, I think that's such a, like, a thing that people always are like, you have to be slim to rock climb and stuff like that. And I think a lot of professional climbers are slim. Like, I think if you look at, like, the big ones, like Alex Honnold, like, obviously he's a light guy. But, of course, like... Very toned. I think... Did you you ever see the photo of him? Yeah. yeah, It's (laughs) crazy, man. That man really can wash my clothes on his stomach. I'm like, it's crazy. (laughs) Like, no. But, um, I think that... You absolutely could be big. I see people at our gym who are like really muscular and I'm not going to lie. I see them walk in and I'm like, oh, they're going to not be able to climb higher than a V2. But you could tell they've been climbing. It's just that like, it's like lifting weights. If you get used to doing all the moves and used to rock climbing, being heavy, your muscles are going to get strong enough to, to handle that. You know what I mean? Like if you consistently lift 50 pounds every single day, then you're going to be strong enough to lift 50 pounds. I mean, yeah, I guess it will be harder in the start. But I think once you get like really into it and enough time has passed, then you're like, yeah, this is. Are you even for like the finger type stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more difficult. I won't lie, out of the three of uh, the people that I climb with, since I'm the heaviest, I do think that my finger grip strength is the worst. <clears throat> There's a uh, climbing challenge, or like not really a challenge, but it's like a test where you do like you have to hold on a hangboard for like five seconds with like each, whatever percentage of weight you hold with is like another point added to a point scale. And then however many points you have at the end is, like, technically what grade you can climb based off your physicality. So it's, like, the first one, I think, is you hang off a hangboard for five seconds. And, like, if you hang with 10% of your weight attached to you, it's one point. And 20, 30, 40, 50. And then the next thing is I think you have to do, like, you can either do a front lever, like an L-sit, or, like, where you just put your knees up and you hang. I don't know what that one's called. Um, And if you do that... If you can hang with your, like, knees up for 30 seconds, it's, like, three points. If it's for 20 seconds, it's two points. If you can do an L-sit for, like, 20 seconds, it's, like, you get five points. And then if you could do, like, a front lever, which is where you're, like, laying flat and hanging. If you can do that for, like, 10 seconds, then you get 10 points. Like, you get the full thing. Um, it's a really hard thing. There's another one where if you do pull-ups, um, every 10% of your body weight attached to you for the pull-up, you, um get i think one point and these are things people could just do to see yeah and then basically you add them up it's on a scale of 40 there's four different challenges uh and once you add them all up there's like numbers assigned to like if you get a 26 physically maybe not based off your like mindset and technique technique technique, but physically alone you should be able to climb like v6 or you know what i mean i have i did get a 33 
Whoa. Uh, the thing I scored the lowest in. Thank you. Uh, which is a pretty decent score. <coughs> the thing I did. Oh, no. Maybe it was like a 32. I don't know. Oh. I, I wrote it down. I'll have to look at another time. It's, it was something. Maybe I feel like 32 is really high. I feel like I might be lying. I don't know. Maybe I got high 20s. I remember I definitely got either high 20s to low 30s. I think it said I. This was a few months ago, but it said I could climb my physically a V7. I've only yeah. ever climbed V6. So. That's so interesting. you just shit at technique? But, yeah, I just suck. I actually just, I actually just suck dick. I don't know why you're asking me these questions. I have so many other cooler things about me. No, I'm kidding. No, but um, I think that I, I ended up actually scoring the lowest on that finger grip strength. I could only do, like, 30% of my body weight. But I was the heaviest out of my friends because it's different for everyone. Like, my one friend, the girl, she weighs, like, 120 pounds. So, like, 20% of her light. body weight is, like, not that much. Not to be mean. But it's not that much weight. 24 pounds. Yeah, something like it, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, is that? I think so. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. But no, it's like pretty, um, like for her, it's a little bit less weight. For me, the, the thing I scored the highest on was I could do a pull-up with 60% of my body weight attached to me, which was 100 pounds. Wow. So now my I'm doing a challenge right now where I actually have that girl jump on me. She grabs me, and I try to do a pull-up with her on me because she yeah. only weighs like 20 pounds. Yet? I got really close once, and I just laid out, like, this amazing battle cry in the middle of it, then fell. <laughs> that sounds scary. That <laughs> was horrible. I, I was in so much pain afterwards. Really? Yeah, because it's a lot of weight. You know, because if I weigh 100, I guess then I weigh probably 170. If I weigh 170 and I'm pulling up a 120-pound girl, it's 290 pounds. pounds. It's hard. But, um, you know, it's not like that's everything, though, because then there's another – the other stuff I really didn't do that well on. Um, like, I didn't else it for maybe five seconds. Were you able like to do the, minutes. what do you call it? Where you lay flat? <laughs> no. <laughs> I could throw myself up in that position and hold it for maybe, like, 0.1 of a second. Yeah, okay, which which technically counts. <laughs> technically counts. You take a picture real fast? Yeah. Actually, yeah. And I post it to Instagram. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> be like, look no. what I did. <laughs> I do have a climbing page. That no I, way. Yeah, I have 7,000 followers. But here's the kicker. I'm not even kidding. I'll show it to you. It's called Lil underscore Tummy Ache. Why is that the name? <laughs> okay, so I bought the account with 14,000 followers because I thought it was funny. Like, I went online, I bought it. And I made it, like, a big account where I just, like, uploaded photos of my friends with, like, X's on their eyes. And then I would just, like, follow them. <laughs> like, 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 to be, like, I did it to be funny. Like, like some random account with 14,000 followers is, like, trying to kill them. <laughs> but obviously, like... That's terrible. Yeah, it was really funny. That's funny I spent, like, 150 bucks for this. Yeah. But then I was, like, after, like, the joke was done, after, like, an hour... Because they all found out it was me. I was like, damn, now I just spent $150 for this random account. So I was like, mom, follow it. And then you can watch my rock climbing videos. Awesome. So I just upload like whatever ones I. Can you send me it? Sure. Yeah. A little I would actually, I, I started right watching now. like videos of people rock climbing and it's like, it's kind of calming. It looks so easy when they do it. Cause like you don't experience the pain they're probably feeling while they're doing it. So it's just like, I know the, the sport really is famous for looking like as easy as yeah. possible yeah, for being so difficult. But, um, yeah, I feel like I have this little account. Uh, since all the accounts were botted, like, I only have 7,000 followers now, so I really only should have paid, oh, like, gosh. 70 bucks. But it's whatever. <laughs> In reality, only, like, oh, seven, like 7,000 followers were Got, bots. like, deleted. <laughs> but the other 7,000 followers are still bots. Like, I only have maybe, like, 10 real people <laughs> as so followers. Why'd yeah. you buy it? Because <laughs> it's stupid. I thought it was funny. That's like, fucking funny. I make way too much money at my job. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. I just buy them. Which I really shouldn't. But, um... Yeah, I feel like it's just a stupid account I have. But yeah, I have a climbing account technically, and technically I have followers. But um, <laughs> <laughs> technically, 
But yeah, I post like my random videos on there just so I don't leave storage on my phone. But uh, okay. you'll notice uh, my friends. <clears throat> Wait, how do we get on this topic? I feel like you asked me a question and I was like. Uh, I don't really remember. I think you were talking about the challenge and then I asked like, oh, you said you had your girl or the girl yeah. on your back and you were trying to do a pull up. Yeah. <laughs> you hear your cats in the background. I have to put my cats in a separate room because they'll fuck up the whole setup. Yeah. So they're kind of water. They have food and water though, so they should okay, be bitchy. Well, they just have they just have water. No, they, have, they don't they just have the food. I'll, I'll go get rid of them right now. <laughs> no, actually, um, Stroud was telling me that if he lets out his cats, they'll lay on his charger, which is in the middle of the table right now. And it, it, his charger is so fragile, it'll just unplug. You it. know what's annoying? <laughs> the charger came like that too. Like I bought this laptop which was kind of expensive and then the charger already doesn't work but i like i don't want to go back <laughs> which is probably stupid on my part because now i can't Wait, did you buy it. the laptop just for this no no no. this laptop i bought for college it was like why the biggest get, purchase like, i ever maybe made. i'll get flack for this why did you get a macbook because i feel like those are like the best for college i i think it's because at the time i wanted to do videos and oh, I see. and there's something else i want i wanted to game no no no. i didn't want a fucking game I, I wanted a one? gaming computer because gaming computers are good for editing because they have a oh, GPU damn. that's high, so it translates to video editing. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know any of that stuff. I'm yeah, like, I didn't. Yeah, I just asked a guy at school. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, he was I, like, "You can <laughs> buy this laptop. It's brand new. Buy it for me." He he gave me like a crazy deep. Like he what? found me a. He actually computer. sold you a laptop. No, no, no. He didn't oh. sell me it. But he <laughs> found me. This is a seventeen thousand dollar laptop, and it was s- really? selling for thirteen thousand. Thirteen thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. 1700 <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not rich. I don't have that, but well, it was 1700 oh, You scared me. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? I was like, that's a fucking scam. <laughs> I was like, that kid just boot ganged your fucking money. <laughs> we got to go and get it back. <laughs> what do you mean? I was saying. <laughs> it was like $17,000. He got me a great deal. He told me it was seventy thousand, so I got it for thirteen. That sounds like such a it's scam. Like a fucking car. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was talking about how the fans too loud during the podcast. So a seventeen thousand dollars computer. Seventeen thousand dollars is more than half the money of my brand new car I bought. That's, yeah, you bought a new car. Oh, is that the one outside? Yeah, I bought yeah. a four twenty twenty two Ford Bronco that one's Sport. Kind of ugly. <laughs> no, I just kidding. I know. I no. noticed it wasn't the red car. I um the one that broke down the first time you drove <laughs> my first car I uh, I got my license the first thing I did back when Strad talked to me um <laughs> I actually was like do you want to go hang out like I just got my license which is technically not legal but I, I picked him <laughs> yeah. I picked him up and a starter instantly just went out <laughs> I was like wow so I just drove him back and I was like I, was like, so, I felt so bad Poor guy I felt well, so, you felt bad for you I was like what? damn because I just wasted like an hour of your day no it was fun it was funny watching you all sad and depressed your car's broken. <laughs> <laughs> sick well anyways that was like six years ago right yeah that was a while ago yeah, yeah. maybe not six maybe like five four i don't yeah. know something like that long enough long enough anyways <laughs> uh i had one more question about rock climbing. have oh, you yes. ever been outdoor rock climbing you gotta cut this part out no i'm kidding uh i actually have not uh, oh which, my god yeah, you you will catch what you <laughs> You'll catch mega flack if people are like, do you rock climb? And you're like, I've never climbed outdoors. Really? Because, so the thing is, is it's a, I agree. I know I've never done it, but I already can just tell. <laughs> outdoor rock climbing is significantly better than indoor rock climbing. That's better just, how? Look, man, I don't know, but this is just <laughs> what they say. The fucking mic? <laughs> no, this is what they say. Um, they say that 
it just is. I mean, it, it does seem like a better experience, like more tranquil. I know it's way harder outside than it is That's inside. What I would but no, I've never climbed outdoors. I really, really, really want to. But I know that, um, like, if you're like, oh, yeah, I love to rock climb. And they're like, have you ever done it outdoors? Like, if you're talking to someone who really, like, climbs. And you're like, no, I've never climbed indoors. They'll be like. So you're telling me, like, everyone that was watching for advice just clicked off right now? No, I, I said a thousand times. My advice was not good. I do not <laughs> know what I'm talking about. But no, um, I have never climbed outdoors. I really want to. I'm waiting till I can climb V7 in the gym because then I think I'll be able to climb maybe V3 or V4 outside the gym. Because, uh, okay. like, I know it's that's kind of a bad way of looking at it, but I don't want to go and only be able to climb, like, V1, maybe yeah. V2. I'd rather be like, okay, I can at least climb V3. It sounds like such a fun hobby to have, though, once you do do it outdoors because there's just so many places you can travel to then. It's true. You really can just... It's such a low money sport, especially if you if you boulder, you just t- throw a few crash pads in your car, and you well, I mean, get some shoes. It's kind and... of expensive because I usually wear my gold chains when I climb. Oh yeah, I actually wear a weighted vest whenever I climb, oh, just to make it harder. Yeah, it's, gold it's pure vest? gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pure Makes gold sense. encrusted in diamonds. Oh, okay. yeah. It was like <laughs> it was probably probably a little bit less money than your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so yeah, I've never climbed outdoors. I really want to, but it is better than indoor climbing. That's like a known. Is it good to like? Is Vegas a good place for outdoor rock climbing? Yes, Vegas really? is. Um, because Red Rock, the rock climb is real. Or rock climb, the rock type is a. Uh, it's like sandstone, you know. It's a, because it technically was a sandstone quarry. <coughs> so you'll notice if you've ever walked up the mountains on Red Rock, it's just like you can straight up like almost walk with your body like sideways because it's so sticky. Like if you were to uh-huh. kick the floor your foot would just stop because it's so like really really nice texture and so a lot of professional rock climbers do like to climb out here alex honnold from free solo actually lives in las vegas oh, you yeah can, yeah because the climbing is just really um, an amazing spot the gyms are kind of mediocre you'll if you actually go to la and get a gym membership you'll like the gyms oh, in, yeah i've been to one in la it's a whole nother they're very the the walls are so much higher the ones we went to, yeah. like mm-hmm. for bouldering like without yeah. the rope it's like, Damn. it's a little unfortunate but the gyms out in las vegas none of them are really that great um but you'll notice in california california has some amazing rock climbing gyms like you'll go and you'll be like it'll be like five times the size of our gym and our gym's not even that small yeah so but yeah uh okay. have fun with that what <laughs> have fun with that california also has a it has yosemite which is oh, like yeah. the climbing spot. Yeah, would you ever climb? Would you ever climb like tall things like that where you have Absolutely. to do ropes? Really? Yeah, I have ropes and stuff. <laughs> I just don't have quick draws, which is like the little clip that they have. Uh, but um, do you know how safe that is? Like, I'm sure it's obviously there's risk, but um, there can be an argument made that technically it's probably safer than bouldering. Really? Because my thing is bouldering, you get the crash pads, and yeah, you have people moving them for you, but like. If you fall and you miss, like, you're just hitting the floor, you know what I mean? At least you have a rope buff, because ropes are really strong. In our gym, we do have the the top rope, which has, like, the auto belay system, yeah, where, like, yeah. you hook it in. But they Can you also actually explain have, how yeah. the roping practice works? Because I, I have no idea. So there's different types. In our gym, we kind of go half and half. Like, half the roots will have it, what's called auto belay, which is just a clip. And when you fall, it will carry you back down for you. And then there's Does blayers. that ever just not work? I think about that all the time, like and I'm like, you could sue the fuck out of that place. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> sorry, but no, um, I don't. I haven't seen it not work. But um, That's good. Well, it's just fingers crossed. Like, little <laughs> kids climbing up, like, damn, that's fucking if it stopped working yeah, no. right now. 
if maybe they have an off button, they just like turn them off, whatever. <laughs> but now you'll notice um, there's auto belay, which is something you could do. You could just go right now, ask them for a rental harness, and you just clip in and just go. And then there's belaying, uh, which is where you get this thing called a, uh, it's called a belay. <laughs> wow, very good. It's called a belay. You put a, your rope in it. I, I actually have, I oh, know it's not in my car anymore, but I, um, it's just a, uh, really just a system where you kind of put it in. It has like a friction, it has friction teeth in it. So you can pull it and like lower someone. And basically what someone stands below, they'll pull the <clears> rope and then pull out the slack. So it stays tight for the climber up top. So then if they fall, they kind of just will come off the wall and just hang. See, what I don't get is, are, so are you attached to the other person? Uh, yeah, in a sense, yeah. So are they the ones keeping you from falling? Pretty, yeah, I mean, if your Blair's not playing, like, if your Blair just lets go, like, you're fucked. So if it was, like, a dad <laughs> and a little kid. Yeah, you could kill your kid. Well, I was thinking, what if the dad falls? Like, the kid's like, so now that, the kid just go fly? Now, that is a legitimate thing. Some people, I, I think... If you're a really good belayer, there are ways around flying up. Like, if you take a sitting position, you maybe will raise off the ground maybe a few inches. But if uh, if someone falls unexpectedly and they don't call it out, you can both fly up. Uh, like, for example, I'll say this because you probably weigh more than I do. Or if anything, we're probably around the same weight. Yeah. For um, sure. Our friends that we climb with are not the heaviest. So if they were to belay us, there is a chance they could come up a little bit. Uh, so you probably would want, starting out, if someone doesn't really know the technique and you're all new to belaying, you probably want someone who's, like, weighs a teeny bit more to belay you, just so then, like, they don't just get shot up. But, like, my one friend, uh, Haley, she weighs 120 pounds. If I weigh 180 and I fall, like, she's gonna, you know, she's gonna come up a little bit. Like, that's just how it works. And you will see in the gym if people are lead climbing, which is where you clip in the rope yourself as you go, people do, um fall and the other person does fly up sometimes but it's not like they it's not going to fly up enough to really like the other person slams the floor and the one person flies up really okay so what prevents that from happening is it just like the friction within? yeah there's so there's these friction teeth where basically you take the slack and you pull it down i wish i had it so i could show Uh, you you pull it down and it will uh stop the rope from moving as much but then all the weight will hit you so you kind of have to stop it like you pull it to uh, your side and then you like take a sitting position and normally, like, it helps the weight and physics not pull you up as much. And is that the method that's used when people rock climb in Yosemite and stuff like that? Yeah, normally. I mean, they have a device called a Grigri. The only issue is that it, it costs way more than a normal belay. And basically, it kind of does all the work it's for you. It's called a Grigri? Yeah, it's called a Grigri. You still have to pull the slack out. These names, man. It's so stupid. It is stupid fucking names. I can't <laughs> even lie to you, man. Like, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, no. So the Grigri, I wonder why it's called the Grigri. But they pull it, and um, you still have to pull the slack out, so it makes the rope, like, taut for the person climbing. But uh, there's a lever on it, so that when they fall off, it auto-breaks it for them. So when the person falls, it's like, you you don't have to really, you still should break it and be safe, but in reality, it'll catch it for you. So it kind of does, like, that whole move where it's like, oh, I gotta pull really quick. You technically don't really need to do that as much. And then to let them down, you just pull a lever, and it just lowers the rope. Wow. How How do you, like... Do you attach it to the top of the rock or something? Or is it so, at the bottom? There's a, uh, that's, that would be lead climbing, which is where you have these things called quick draws. So there should be little bolts on a route, right? Yeah. So you uh, clip this quick draw in, and it's basically just two, you know what a carabiner is, yeah? No. Yeah, I know you, you definitely have them because everybody's used them. It's like those little G things that have a gate in them, and you can like clip them to stuff. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like one of those with like a thing know. of like, I don't really know what the material is, but it's connecting two. So you clip one in, and then you can clip the rope in on the other one. Maybe I'll add a picture. 
<laughs> you might have to. <laughs> and you go, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I like act like I do this often. Well, it's just the idea of adding pictures. I just never thought of it. No, not the pi- I'm not talking about the pictures. I'm not a rock climbing. <laughs> I don't care how you do your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably come off like such an expert. Like, I, I need everyone to know. I do not know what I'm talking He's about. Like, He's like, true. He's good. <laughs> I, I'm decent at indoor bouldering. That's oh, like, that's wow, what so I know. humble. Decent. Okay, sure. <laughs> but no yeah so you click these quick draws and i think and then you clip your rope into the other carabiner and you just go up as you go gotcha. and so yeah in reality it's not like obviously if you're both connected to the bottom and the person just climbs there's nothing that keeps the rope from having them just fucking at the floor <laughs> but so it's uh i want to move on to something else because i have another thing i want to talk to you about but real quick is it so instead of falling all the way down you just fall as far down as like your last thing you clipped in is if that makes uh, sense. No, you can fall past it. It depends on how much, how good your player is doing. If they're keeping a lot of slack, <laughs> then it's possible you can fall off the wall and you only, like, if you're hanging off the wall, you only move, like, a foot from it. Like, you not even go down at all if they're really oh. keeping it taut. Oh, but uh, okay. if they are, like, not pulling the slack as quick, or sometimes if you climb just really fast, sometimes you might get a little less lucky. Or if, like, you do a dynamic move and you were to, like, jump for something, which I don't know if you've ever seen videos of people doing, like, the jump move, like, like a thousand feet in the yeah. air. It's like, what the fuck? But you see stuff like that. When they're doing that jump, it's going to have more like momentum pulling them down. Uh, so the person yeah. will probably fly up. So that person will probably fall a little bit more. But no, I'd say rock climbing honestly isn't as dangerous as it looks. It's more like once you get past the height, it's pretty safe. I mean, yeah, of like course, free soloing it hurts not that bad. Free soloing super easy. I do that all the time. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even bring that up. No, I'm kidding. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit your table. I didn't want to unplug your charger. <laughs> it's fine. It's still plugged in. Just, just no. don't do it again. <laughs> no, but free soloing is uh, incredibly dangerous. You have to be yeah. an extreme expert. I would never do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people who do that are just crazy. I don't yeah. know. I, they're like literally, their brains just don't have, don't get the same sense of fear physically. It must be. I mean, well, you see videos like uh, <clears throat> some people who, I know that one talk, guy talked about the climbing YouTuber. He actually did a video where he came to Vegas and Alex Honnold convinced him to free solo a really easy route. Mm. And you'll see the difference between like Alex is this. They're both probably on the same skill level. They're both super amazing climbers. But Alex is like, he doesn't process that fear as much. Where like you'll see Magnus the, was climbing right under him and he just is terrified the whole time. Yeah. Even though it's like a super easy route. Like if you had a rope in, he probably could do it in like 20 minutes. It's so uh. easy. Like, it, it, But he's... You know, oh, yeah, it's gonna be scary. It's scary because like, like literally, literally just like ten feet up, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it's like know? you might get hurt because yeah. they don't have crash pads for that. Uh, so it's I like because you know, once you reach a certain point, it's like well, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, big enough crash pad. Yeah, we actually <laughs> just bring trampolines. <laughs> oh, okay. just jump to the top. <laughs> just okay. bounce houses. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been in one in a while. <laughs> have a faker laugh. <laughs> That was a real laugh. <laughs> I know. Hey, Jimmy Fallon, okay? Anyway. Um, it's a really good Jimmy Fallon. Wow, we just spent like 40 minutes talking about rock climbing. You're actually pretty I right have as... other fun things about it. No, I, didn't, I wanted to ask about your work. Is that all Nothing. right? <laughs> no, yeah, you can. Well, because you said you work... I don't know if you still work at it. You work at like a mobile... Urgent care, yeah. Urgent care. So like, what is that? So, well, let's start from the beginning. I When I graduated <clears throat> high school, the first thing I did was got my EMT certification so I could work on like ambulances and stuff. I um I worked on an ambulance for a short period of time, and then I got an opportunity to, to actually make... What are you laughing at? <laughs> I was laughing at the bouncy house. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, anyway, no, I, I worked on it. No, you can laugh. I'll just, just 
talk to the audience. Uh, I, hi, Mom. I worked on an ambulance for a little bit, and then I actually got an opportunity to be, like, the supervisor of, like, EMTs at uh, at a water park for a season. And I worked wow. at Wet n' Wild uh, yeah, that's in Las Vegas. Sad. I didn't know you were the supervisor of EMTs. Uh, I, in the beginning, I wasn't, but I got, like, I thought you were, like, a janitor or something. Yeah, no, I actually just swallowed the water. Oh. I didn't even work there. Oh, you were like... Just went there every day to drink. No, but I, I did work, and that was just really fun. It was really easy work. Everyone I worked with was like younger, and it was just a lot of fun. I made a lot of really good friends. Uh, they're a lot cooler than you. And oh, that's I, not <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not the drinking water. Type but then of guy, so. it came to the end, and honestly, I didn't want to work on an ambulance again because the work conditions are just not that good. You get don't get. I got paid more at a water park than I did. Yeah, what is that about? I heard you get paid more at Starbucks. It's an EMT. It's true. It's really sad. Like, aren't EMTs like saving lives? Yeah. And I guess Starbucks <laughs> people are too, you know, keeping people away. Yeah, man. I gotta get to work. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Uh, they're really underpaid. Honestly, I couldn't tell you entirely why. I think, I know there is people who try to unionize EMS, but it just is a really scummy business. Uh, it's really all about money. You'll notice ambulance companies, they, if you ride in an ambulance, Every single, I think, minute, or at least in Las Vegas for the company I worked at, every single minute you're in the ambulance uh, going to the hospital, it's $1,000. So if you're going five, if it's, even though you could go there super quick, get there in three minutes, you're still out three grand. So my suggestion for those of you that don't know, or at least in my healthcare system here in Las Vegas, the way it works, they only bill you if you actually get driven to the ambulance. So if you're like, I broke my arm, call 911. Have them come, splint it up, refuse going by ambulance, and then drive to the hospital, and you don't have to pay anything for them splinting it for you. You know what I mean? Does that apply uh, if like you're knocked out and you can't get consent to go on the ambulance? Unfortunately, they will bill you. Whoa. But I mean, at that point, you probably should have a transport where you're yeah. being paid attention to. If you're really like, if you have a stroke, you probably should go by ambulance because people it's are like hypothetical it. consent. Yeah, but my thing is like. If you can get to the hospital, like in a normal car, but you're just like really hurt, then I would honestly just try and opt to not go buy ambulance, like buy a fucking Uber because they will, <laughs> an Uber's $8 and an ambulance ride could be 8000 That's crazy. For a, a helicopter, it's like 30 grand a minute. Whoa. And I'm like, the reason why a helicopter is coming out there is because you're far away. So it's going to be like a 15 minute ride. It's such a Have you ever been scam. on a helicopter? No, I never have. I really want to though. Yeah. But, That's um. Insane. Yeah, it's really, really sad. So I didn't really want to do that. So I was looking for jobs. Uh, I wanted to be a firefighter. Really? Uh, I did, yeah. That's why I got my EMT. Because EMT, you have to be EMT certified to be a firefighter. Um, But then as time went on, I was like, I don't really know if I want to do that. So I ended up looking for jobs. I decided I wanted to be a nurse. Because that's like kind of when you're an EMT. It's like you either become a paramedic, a firefighter. Or a nurse. Like, that's really? your options, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, well, I mean, you could do anything, but that's, like, what a lot of people tend to go to. So, I decided I was going to try to get into pre-nursing, and I was like, maybe I should try to find a job where I work with people who are, like, nurse practitioners and PAs, which are considered middle-level care. It's PAs? the level uh, physician assistant. Oh, yeah. It's the level underneath a doctor. So, they can both diagnose and prescribe. They can both be spe- they can both specialize and stuff and, like, work in cardiology. It's more like, I think the whole position was created because, like... I think back in World War II, doctors were teaching paramedics how to, like, do, like, what this means and, like, stuff that was out of their scope of practice. So they're like, whoa, like, now I can identify when you need an oxycillin and stuff. And they're like, so let's just make our own title. So they became physician assistants. And then uh, during World War II, nurses were being taught the same thing by doctors. So they're like, okay, we'll make nurse practitioners. 
that's how those two were kind of formed. So there's a difference between a nurse and a nurse practitioner? Yes. Oh, a nurse okay. is just, um, a nurse is probably one of the hardest jobs ever. But um, yeah, it's just shitty work conditions. They get paid uh, decent money, though. But um, a nurse is someone who does exactly what you think a nurse does. That's like the whole thing. And then there's a nurse practitioner where you can go get a, go back to school for two years and you get a degree that allows you to diagnose and prescribe. You can work in primary care. So like you could be like, if I was a nurse practitioner, I could be your doctor. Really? Like, yeah, you could come to me and you're like, Hey, I need to get my high blood pressure medicine refilled. You'll notice that there's such a low amount of doctors because you're in massive debt after school and you have to be really intelligent to get in. A lot of people don't be doctors anymore. So you'll notice when you do, like, when you're older and you have, like, actual conditions you need to get dealt with, anytime you go to a doctor's office, you'll meet with a nurse practitioner or a PA because it's it's easier for them. You know what I mean? So what, what would be, like, the diff... When would... What would be a case where a doctor has to see you opposed to a nurse practitioner? I know in certain ERs <clears throat> they have protocol where it's, like, if there's surface-level emergencies, so stuff that's a little bit more, like... I don't know, like, oh, I have toe pain or this and that. And then if someone's, like, straight up straight up dying, chances are you might get a doctor more likely because it's, like, sense. they basically, in ERs, I, I believe, they'll use nurse practitioners and physician assistants to kind of weed out stuff so doctors can see more legitimate things. With that being said, though, nurse practitioners and PAs in the ER, things are just, there's just too many people on this planet now. <laughs> Uh, in the ERs, it, it's not really, that's hardly even a thing. It seems like more often than not, nurse practitioners and PAs still deal with like extremely critical stuff just because wow. there's not enough resources anymore, but they're a great buffer. So it's not all on doctors because there's just not enough doctors. So would you want to be a nurse or a nurse practitioner? Uh, you have to be a nurse for at least, I think two years or a year before you can apply to a program to be a nurse practitioner. I work with nurse practitioners for so long. They all say I'd be pretty good at it. Uh, they all like me. So I think I want to be a nurse practitioner just because they're super, all the people I've ever worked with, like, I just look up to them. Um, so I think I want to be a nurse practitioner. Uh, may, I could be your doctor one day. I can give you medicine. Medicine. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Xanax, but I was like, if that ever actually happened in a court of law, someone could just pull this up and be like, you said you'd give people drugs. <laughs> 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 That's crazy. So I'm not actually going to say anything. Yeah, I'm going to edit but, that to make you say it. Uh, I already got the words. I will Sabina your podcast. <laughs> no, I'll probably not get it. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so there's that. They also make really good money. They um, they don't make as much as doctors, but they also own a lot less debt than doctors. Yeah. So it just depends. I know there's a nurse practitioner uh, that's like a, called an anesthesiologist. No, an anesthetist. A nurse anesthetist, which is a nurse practitioner. And they make like 300 grand a year. But that's wow. like, they're the people who put people to sleep for surgery. So it's like that job, you can get sued a lot because uh, like you might kill someone by accident. Could it also be, I heard there's an issue where sometimes like the anesthesia doesn't work well, but like they're paralyzed so they can't like do anything to tell during, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. There are situations where people can wake up and they'll be like aware of what's going like on. Like they just feel everything. But they can't move. Yeah. It's really like, I'm it's sure really it's a hard but... thing to, yeah, it's just a, it's a hard business to work in, but those nurse practitioners do make more than some doctors. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, you could be, you can work in primary care and you still make over six figures any job you work. So it's, it's good. Uh, so that's kind of what I want to do anyways, though. Urgent care is, um, a branch of like, they didn't want people coming to the ER when they're like, I have a sniffly nose, but they didn't uh... want people to not get scene so yeah. what they do is they have these things called urgent cares which i'm sure you've been to probably a bunch yeah uh why well, think i get sick a lot 
You think I'm a sickly person? You're disgusting. <laughs> I'm not gonna I have it a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You go and those people who are seeing you are not doctors. They're PAs and nurse practitioners. Urgent cares don't typically hire doctors because oh wow, they're, it's cheaper to pay nurse practitioners. If, and PAs. if you went with some issue that might need a doctor, they just send you to another place. If you need, if you have a real thing that could potentially be an emergency, they refer you to the ER. Urgent care is a great business, like, if you really want to run, like, a healthcare business. But, um, yeah, so normally you'll see a nurse practitioner or a PA. Um, you'll go in. Oh, I have a sniffly nose. They'll look in your ears and stuff. Oh, you have an ear infection. Uh, like, that kind yeah. of stuff. And then, damn it. <laughs> damn, damn it. <laughs> you have AIDS. Not kidding. That's a, that's a primary care thing. But, um, <laughs> but I basically do that, but they have a, a mobile urgent care on wheels. My CEO and COO are from Australia. They're brothers. And they ran that company in Australia. And they, I think in Australia, since Australia is a socialist country, they can only run it after hours. They can't run it during primary care hours. So they had to run it like overnight. Like that's, that'd be the only hours they could be open. So I think they ended up selling their business in Australia. And they're like, we're going to the United States because the United States, honestly, their healthcare is, if you own a healthcare business, you can make a lot more money than any other country in the United States because that's just how a healthcare system works. Um, so they came out here and they run, uh, basically the same thing they did out there, but out here, uh, I won't say the name of it cause I don't know if I'm allowed to, but it, it was a startup company. I've been working there longer than any other EMT that works there. Yeah. Whoa. I'm the scene, the oldest employee. There. Wait, how, like how long ago did it start before you got there? And you Only about years? a year, I think. Wow. So you're yeah. kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of like started. their oldest, I am their oldest employee actually in all That's the departments. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Is it very small? Like, is there not a lot of uh, Well, there's only about four people in their management. Like, our C, it's really a tr- kind of a crazy experience. Because when you go from working at a company like AMR, like, it's like corporate. Like, it goes up, yeah. like, there's thousands of people in management. But for me, like, I can walk <laughs> in, and the first office with the door open right there is the CEO of the company. That's cool, like, though. Hey, yeah. you know, I feel like so, it's cool to be a part of something like that. It's really cool. You get to really see them grow. When I first started working there, they had three cars on the road out seeing patients, and now they have around seven or eight. And is this a new thing, or is the idea of having mobile urgent care uh, kind of common? So mobile urgent care has been around, but not for very long. Uh, if you, What's funny, though, is if you really think about it, the concept of a doctor coming to your house, that's the only way doctors operated 300 years ago. Oh, yeah. We even have patients that are really old. The oldest patient I've seen is 106. And, uh, but you'll have patients that are like 90 years old and they're like, I remember when I was younger, the doctor used to come to my house when I was sick, but for some reason they kind of did away with that as time went on. So they're kind of bringing it back. You'll notice one of our slogan of the company is return of the house call because doctors used to make house calls. Oh, that's cool. It's a really cool business and they're really nice people, uh, working there. Sometimes I help out with like some of their business stuff just because I've been around for so long. I do like employee interviews for new EMTs and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of cool that I, I, it's nice to work somewhere where it's like, it's not like I just have seniority as an employee, like I am the senior employee. Like I've worked there longer than majority of the people in the management because I've just been around for so long. How did you find these guys? I just randomly looked up uh, EMT jobs and I was looking for anything that wasn't ambulance related and they just came up. I applied. Um, honestly, I'm surprised they hired me because my interview sucked. <laughs> yeah. But it was like the COO of the company was interviewing me because there was, that's like how it worked. Yeah. But, um, it was really, they're really great though. And honestly, like they're all a little bit younger, their management stuff. So it's like, they do like little socials. We did like bowling once. Very cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm, I'm actually part of insider trading. 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they're not listed on like a stock. Do you thing. think that? Do you think uh, having the doctor go to the house is more or less likely to cause like contagion and pathogen spread than if you go to the same place? Well, you got to look at it like. It, so I think with I think the company was semi successful in the beginning, but then COVID happened a little bit after it started. And let's just be honest, nobody wanted to go and wait in waiting rooms because they were scared about getting COVID. So the, the business, honestly, like, I, I will never forget seeing, like, our whole company as a whole saw, like, 12 patients in a day. And then, like, I went to work the next day and they saw, like, 40. Because it yeah. was just, like, people were terrified. That makes when, so much sense, though. When lockdown was going on, it was, like, <clears throat> like, we were getting a lot of people because people didn't want to go to the emergency room or urgent care. Or like to an actual urgent care. So we kind of started being preferred over them. And then you'll notice when you go to an urgent care, you sit in the waiting room for like five hours. Yeah. But people notice that if you call our urgent care, you might have to wait five hours, but you get to wait at home. So you can play video games, (laughs) do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, it's a really cool business plan. What was it like working during COVID? Like just mentally, were you scared at all? Uh, well, my mom has MS, so technically she's immunologically compromised. Uh, it was scary in the beginning because in the beginning with like the new, like the first kind of like variant, it was a lot more like nobody really knew what it was. Yeah. Like, I think the news kind of blew it out of proportion because I think they were probably making a lot of money off of that stuff. Yeah. And so I think they really were trying to make things seem a little bit worse than it was. But in the beginning, it's like nobody knew. So I was like, yeah, it's kind of scary. But uh, as time went on, we realized that. It's obviously nobody, you should, nobody wants to get it, but it's a little bit more manageable. And I think now, like COVID is still around. I saw patients that test positive, but now I think it's like the variant, we've kind of caught it enough where it's like the variant's a lot less strong. If you get it, it might be like the equivalent to like having the flu or even at this point, honestly, like having a cold for some people. So it's a lot less scary. My mom did end up getting COVID and, um, she actually grew four legs no, oh, okay. and she ended up getting Benefit, COVID and she was completely fine. Uh, she actually did better than me. I got COVID in the beginning, and I think I had, like, the original variant. And I'm not going to lie. I was in bed for, like, eight days. Really? Yeah, it sucked. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't, like, going to die or anything. I remember I got COVID, like, December of 2020. Yeah. And I just remember, like, the first week was pretty bad, but then afterwards it was fine. But I just had a cough, and I was always tired for, like, yeah. the rest of the month. Yeah, I lost my smell for, like, three months. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Three months? Actually, I got mine. I got... COVID in December, at no the end way. of December too. What? Yeah. Oh, we should have saw each other. Dude, we should have like hung out. <laughs> no, I was in bed for like seven days. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty trash. But no, <laughs> it was actually pretty fucking horrible. No, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a, an issue there. But, but is it extra scary? Because like, you know, other people say, oh, I'm afraid to go get groceries because I'm not get it. But you're literally seeing people who yeah, probably have I, I think now you're definitely okay to go out. I think, um, I think if you'd like to wear a mask, you can. But honestly, even now, I don't think masks are that necessary. I just but like you not... personally during, like, because you said you were working at this place when COVID yeah. happened, mm-hmm. so like you would visit people, right? Yeah, that pro- like are sick, mm-hmm. so it's like ha- high ch- higher chance of having COVID. So it's like yeah. you're just more at risk. So in the beginning, there was uh, medical gowns that they wanted us to wear, but then they noticed oh, that it was hot. the summertime and it was 120 degrees outside. So we're not fucking doing that. <laughs> so we did wear uh, N95s, gloves, sometimes a face shield. It just depends on just who we were working with that day. But honestly, as long as you keep everything clean and you're really safe about it, it's, you know, like, the masks are really strong. Like, especially, 
maybe not the paper ones aren't as strong, but like if you get like a real like N95, it, it keeps out meningitis. We've known that for years, so it's going to keep out COVID as well. It's less likely that you get it. When I got COVID, honestly, I don't even think I got it from uh, work. from work. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Here's the question everyone's been wondering. Since you're an EMT, you got to be an expert at this, I'm sure. Oh, God. Is monkeypox going to be the next COVID? I don't think so. <laughs> I think what <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, just trust my word, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> EMT certified, no, right? I honestly here. don't know a lot about monkeypox, but to be 100% <clears throat> honest, I think, not trying to get political at all, yeah. uh, I don't really have a specific stance on like COVID and stuff like that, but I think that. Um, it's without a doubt that talking about COVID and stuff like that pulled in news ratings and stuff. And I think now that it's kind of died down, Monkey the news are like looking thing. for something that they can really throw in people's faces. So people start giving them more money. Cause that's just, yeah. you know, COVID made a lot of people, a lot of money. Uh, of course, well, I made the... your company. Yeah. You know, you guys are helping. So yeah. I mean, if you can look at that at the time, technically you're considered a small business. So it's like, it's a little bit better than like we're giving these, like people who yeah. already are mega rich, more money, yeah, but it's true. more like, um, I think that monkeypox probably isn't going to be as bad as people say, but I think after the news sources probably saw how much money they could make from COVID and talking about it, they're probably like, Oh sick. Now we got a new thing. We can make a lot of money. That's what yeah. I think. I say that now, but in three months we might be all locked in our houses. Dude, for that's what's scary. That's what scared me so much. Cause like the morale of people went so far down when COVID happened, right? Because yeah. you're locked up, and I was and just thinking all you're ahead, hearing about is if a, yeah, if another virus happened right after, I, like I think so many people would kill themselves. It's true. The suicide sad. rates went up in teenagers when lockdown happened. That's so it's sad. really really sad. Um, and I think <clears throat> we don't really know whether like shutting everything down was the right thing to do or not. You don't really get to know until yeah. after everything's passed. Then you like see the statistics, but um. I think regardless of all of that, monkeypox in particular, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people say. I, I think it's just more of something where it's like, we knew COVID really was like something everybody tuned in because the news has slowly been dying because yeah. we don't watch the news yeah. anymore. We watch the podcast. You know, yeah, we watch the Stratcast. All your guests are going to... Anyone who watches this is going to be like, this kid has just been talking out of his ass for like an hour and a half. Like, I have, no, you're asking it. me about like healthcare and about like rock climbing. Like I'm not an expert at either of these. These are just things Why I do. Why are you touching the... I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it still charging? <laughs> it's still... Ooh, it's still charging. Oh, thank, oh, thank God. <laughs> no, um... It's getting hot in here. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I think, um, like, obviously, nothing I say is truly, uh, like, viable. Like, even with rock yeah. climbing, I do it, I don't really know a whole lot. I'm an EMT level, which is honestly probably one of the lowest levels you can be. So, it's just kind of based off what I think I know. Yeah, basically, so. for all, most of these podcasts, take everything with a grain of salt. But yeah. also, it could have some value. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- yeah that's a good, that could be your has value for me. I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, but um, I think that... Like, like I said, I don't really know a whole lot about monkeypox. And I don't know a whole lot about COVID, honestly. It's just something I was a part of. And I played a pretty big role just because I was one of the healthcare workers. But I think um, I think now it's probably safe to go out. I don't think you should worry about COVID or monkeypox. If you do get COVID, if your grandma is really old and has cancer and stuff, maybe don't go around her. Don't try to get her sick. But Dude, I, I was thinking yeah. about that, right? Yeah. The tension that probably happened in a lot of families where you're an old person and you have like kids in the house yeah and like angsty teens are like oh, i want to go out and hang out with my mm-hmm. friends but my grandma doesn't want me to go out but from the grandma's perspective it's like you might go out and come back and kill me it's it's, it's true. like it probably caused a ton of tension it, in all it these did uh, i think now i have a lot of patients now that are still old <clears throat> and they'll test positive for covid and they'll look completely fine 
So I think now it's definitely a lot more safe. But in the beginning, that was a genuine concern. It was like, like when I actually got COVID originally, like I said, my mom's immunologically compromised. I stayed at my girlfriend at the time's house and because she had COVID too. So we ended up just staying together and quarantining there because it was less scary for my mom. But that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I had a question more about EMTs in general. Yes. So I know other people who are EMTs and is it common for people that are EMTs to like talk about patients they've seen and like crazy shit they've seen? Uh, yes. It's normally, <laughs> if you know, other people is it frowned EMTs. upon in the community or not? <laughs> someone told me it's like, you're a, you're a bitch. Cause you have nothing cooler to talk about. If you're talking about your EMT patients, <laughs> who told you that? You gotta tell me. Um, No, I think that there's definitely some cool stories you can get out of it. I think more often than not, I don't really know that many people who tell like these horror stories because like I don't think it's really cool to share that. But I'll definitely tell funny stories. Um, Of course, technically, if you want my legitimate answer, some of it can be considered a HIPAA violation, which is the it's the Privacy Act where you can't reveal someone's medical information. So obviously, if I was like. This person. It's like John Smith. John Smith. Penis. Had AIDS. Like, I can't... Like, if you say something like that, that's a HIPAA violation. So, technically, it could be frowned upon in that sense. So, is there a chance there is a John Smith out there that has AIDS and then they could see... Well, I've never seen John Smith with AIDS. Uh, I'm sure he exists. I'm sorry, John. (laughs) Sorry, John. But, uh, yeah, it would have to be, like, someone I saw. Like, I could tell you right now, I had a story once where, like, this guy... He was, like... He had a severed penis. But it's, like, I'm not, like, really giving out that much information. So it's Wait, like, is that an actual story? Yeah. His, his testicles were swollen like a basketball, dude. I don't even... We're not even <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> we didn't find the penis? No, it was cut off a long time ago. He had a catheter oh. and he ripped it out. And it was, it was just oh, a weird dang. day. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but it's like... You can tell stories. And like that's more of like a funny one. I mean, it's gross. But it's like... I don't know that many people who are like... Yeah, I saw like a baby in a microwave. Like, oh I don't know, like, God. who says that? Oh my God. It was you know, so sick. You know, it was dope <laughs> AF. <laughs> oh, God. But Damn. no, um, yeah, I think that it's, uh, I mean, I, I think people who do tell their stories sometimes are really funny, and I think that it's okay to do that. Do you think there's part of like telling the stories to each other, especially to other EMTs, kind of helps with the whole mental drain that it could have on you yeah it certainly is a mentally taxing job uh i think that talking about it is never a bad idea a lot of i know like it's kind of a joke where everyone's like oh you use humor to cope but in reality it, most people use humor to cope like just yeah. to be honest um would you say emts are like super brass with their humor or just have dark humor because so emts is i think it's considered paramilitary which means it's like kind of a branch of military Whoa. and if you've ever met people who were who are in the military it's like kind of in the culture to be cursing and be like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck, fuck. And you'll notice in EMS, it's kind of the same way. People curse left and right. Firefighters love to just like throw out like random, say stuff like that. And that's completely fine. Uh, whatever helps get you through your day. It's a stressful job. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that in talking about your patients and stuff, it definitely helps. Uh, I think if you are like legitimately sad, it, a lot of ems personnel i've worked with are very big on like talk about your feelings like tell us how you feel which is kind of funny when you know that they're like fuck this fuck that <laughs> but in reality like that's their way of telling their feelings. yeah in, in reality because you know you see some horrible stuff so it never hurts to be like maybe we should you want know, to talk about it go get i know some people get like firefighters will go and get beers after work when they have like a tough call how do you personally of... deal with it 
Does well, it like affect you? I more? just talk to the voices. <laughs> <laughs> no. Personally, I I use humor. If I really, really am down on something, I'll just talk to whoever about it. But normally I'm I'm actually always been pretty good with like that stuff. It doesn't really get to me. Uh but who knows. Do you I have a theory that people that play violent video games would be great at being EMTs because they're already desensitized. I mean See, that's a, in reality, it, that's probably partially right, but it's like you never really, like when you do CPR on someone, you break all the ribs they have. Yeah, I remember when I found yeah. that out, I was like, why the fuck would I do with this? Yeah. I don't want to break their ribs. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. It's really easy to be like, oh yeah, you break their ribs. Like, good to know that. But when you go and do it and you break someone's ribs and have hear you the cracking. Been... Absolutely, I have. I've, I've resuscitated, I think, eight people I've brought back to life. And I think that when you really do that cracking... It's way different than just, like, talking about it. And that's why I think that, like, it's easy to be like, oh, you're desensitized to gore and blood. But it's like, you don't really know until you're like, oh, my God, like, that's a dead person. And then, yeah. you know, like, you don't really know until you know. I was thinking know. about that. I've never seen a dead person. Yeah. Like, a dead body. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've probably seen yeah. <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah. Some of them was my fault. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> it's getting kind of hot in here. <laughs> what about, you said you've delivered babies before, right? I did deliver a baby once. What yes. was that like? What did like? Did you know how to do it ahead? of Fucking time? disgusting! <laughs> really? So delivering a baby is not horrible. Okay. Um, it's the miracle of life. Yeah, it, but it's just that like a lot more stuff comes out of a woman's vagina when she delivers a baby than you think. Like it's not all baby man. It's gross. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they poop. So, yeah, then you got so, like, they you have, have a, a suction thing, so you could. It's called the. I think it's merconium is what they call. No, it's an element, isn't it? You come, you. I don't know. I probably seem like such a horrible EMT. <laughs> it's like a little blue suction thing, and basically, when if the mom shits and the kids like mouth and eyes, you suction out their nose and so, so they oh don't get God, poop in their I mouth. You probably that. had poop in your mouth when you were born. You're literal, literal That's shit. Why I turned out like this. Huh? <laughs> Here we are. Got poop in my mouth. No, but uh, I definitely think that. Yeah, this all happened when I was like 18 years old. Damn. Yeah, I'm, 20, I'm turning 21 in a Dude, when you have a month. wife, though, and she gives birth, you'll be like, I'll fucking know it. I have Give me that suction cup. Get this poop out of his eyes. I have considered being like, it would be kind of cool to deliver my own child, but then I'm also like, why? <laughs> You're going to cut the umbilical. How do you say it? Umbilical cord? <laughs> umbilical cord, yeah. Uh, no, but I'll just cut their penis if it's a bore. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah dude. It could fun. be like your one patient. <laughs> Oh shit! Just <laughs> to keep the catheter in. The testicles will be huge. No, um, yeah, I think that you get you kind of see a lot of really interesting stuff. It's been a really amazing learning opportunity. I feel like I've done so much more than someone my age, which is really cool. But in return, I think my biggest thing is I kind of feel like I lost. It's gonna sound so. It's gonna sound like such a movie thing. I kind of feel like I lost my youth a little bit because, like, normally I notice everyone else my age are, like, out doing stupid stuff. And I'm, like, out working, like, 12-hour shifts, like, seeing horrible things. And, like, other people will complain about their, like, six-hour shift at Target. And it's, like, I let them, you know, I'm not, like, an asshole about it. But deep down, it's hard not to be, like, you don't even know. You know what I mean? But that's, like, that's just kind of the issue with EMS in general. I know a lot of domestic abuse happens with EMS personnel because, like, they come home and it's, like, they don't know how to explain how they're feeling after what they see. And like their husbands and wives can't really understand it because it's like, they don't work yeah. in that, you know? So it's just like I've a hard thing. It's really sad. A lot of suicide and a lot of domestic abuse in EMS. That's a very yeah. big thing. It's really sad. Yeah. I feel like 
like there's already the risk of like you're meeting patients that are probably sick and then you know or people that could be like crazy a bit yeah and then but like i feel like people don't notice also the added on like mental stress yeah it's it's really really sad i didn't think of the domestic Mm -hmm. abuse there there is a ems week but it's like the companies that you work for it's just like corporate bullshit like they'll give you like here's a t-shirt and a pen and it's like you can have life like i think the statistic is i think you're just as likely to get ptsd as an ems worker that as you are to be a, a soldier deployed in Iraq. Like, I think really? that's a legitimate thing. So it's really, really sad uh, that that's something that's so overlooked is because it's like, yeah, you see horrible stuff, but it's like, it's more like when you get home and you like have nightmares and stuff. Cause it's, you see really traumatic things, you know? Yeah. But, you know, Damn. I mean, I'm completely fine. <laughs> I scared you. Yeah. <laughs> scared you. <laughs> I'm glad you're fine. Joey. You got to edit that really quick. So I see you <laughs> Uh, how, how much time do you have? Because I have a few more things, but I want no, to make I have, sure. No, I have time. Okay, sweet. So this is a completely different topic now. Yes. But I remember a while ago, you were telling me about something that I wanted to like just catch up on and like kind of ask questions about. You said during COVID, some TV channel was having like a competition or something where you could write a script and send oh, it yeah. in. Oh, yeah. And I remember you telling about me about that. that. And I, actually, I, I kind of liked the idea you had. So I was curious maybe if you're fine sharing what, what was the idea? Do you not remember? No, I don't. It was something like a writer who was very famous and something, and then oh, yeah. something it happened. Like a, it kind of was like a BoJack Horseman kind of thing where it's oh, oh, I a writer. Oh, so good. A writer or... Oh, maybe I think it's something else. I don't know. It basically, I remember the idea was he was like in his prime, and then he wrote books maybe or something, but yeah. then he couldn't. So something where like he wasn't making good books anymore, and he had like this big house and he oh yeah, just trying to really write a book. And basically, I actually didn't ever end up writing very much of that. I wrote a little bit. I write for fun, but um, I wrote a little bit of it. It basically was a show about a guy who was like a super rich guy. He's made a ton of money off of like a Harry Potter series that he wrote. But every book he wrote after that just absolutely sucked. And so he basically is like this. He lives in this huge house. He has all the stuff, and he kind of just hates himself. And that's basically the whole plot. I just uh, like the. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's a little cliche, but, like, the idea of having, like, this big house and seeming everything's yeah. great, but then the guy's just having a shitty ride. <laughs> Which is probably a lot of people who are, like, in Hollywood who are probably yeah. like that. But so, what, like, convinced, like, do you like writing? Is that, was that everything uh, you wanted I do, to do? I write for fun. I did have a, an old friend of mine. Uh, we actually did write one episode, like, a pilot episode of a TV show. Uh, and it was basically about, like, high schoolers and, like, running for, like, student body president. It was really stupid. But we tried to write it where, like, it kept uh, the original kind of source of, like, how high schoolers actually are. So we, we always figured we kind of wrote characters that we would play. And I would be the main bad guy. His name was James. Okay. And he basically is, like, the definition of, like, one of those, like, assholes that just, like, is kind of, like, not like a jock. But he kind of, like, he plays sports. He's mean to a bunch of kids that are less popular than him. He, like, vapes yeah. and stuff. So, like, we try to keep it, like, more realistic. And the, the thing I really like writing about that jokes is it's not necessarily that I like writing. I like writing really funny, like, jokes. Um, so that's kind of what I go for. Actually, Bri- Brianna was actually a character in that show. Really? Yeah, she played a character named Liberty. Uh, I don't remember getting my invite. You could. But we don't <laughs> write that anymore. But I'm totally joking, Joey. <laughs> I'm not bad. Where's my invite <laughs> to this podcast? You had to run into me. <laughs> But no, so to be completely honest with you, it's kind of sad that you bring that up. I never ended up submitting anything for that. Oh, really? But I actually think because COVID, it probably didn't, they probably uh, canceled it. Would you but, ever want to write in the future? Um, Like, let's say as you a career, see some fucked up shit in EMT, you're like, I can't do this. As, maybe. I mean, as a career, I um, 
I don't know if I'd ever really want to pursue that because it's such a dangerous kind of thing to do. And honestly, I'm not that good of a writer, but um, I do enjoy it. Like, it's something I do in my free time. I kind of have, like, three main hobbies. Let's hear that. I, uh, I play guitar. Something I Really? Play. Yeah, isn't that weird? Did you play guitar when we knew each other? No. Okay, so it's a new thing. I only picked it up semi well, Actually, I so I do this thing where I try to learn a new skill every like month. So I can do uh, yo-yo tricks, I can do magic, <laughs> I can do a kickflip. You could do magic? Yeah, I can ride a skateboard. Wow, yeah, that's actually but, really cool. But there are hop yeah, it's kinda I can only do like a few tricks, but still it's just like yeah, it's just random stuff. I can do yo-yo tricks. It's really like just really dumb stuff. But You're the whole party you know, exactly. got a yo-yo. <laughs> the whole reason is like whenever it randomly comes up, like when someone is like, Oh, here's this old yo-yo I have, I just grab it and do like this insane trick. They're just like, the fuck? <laughs> that's kind of the whole reason <laughs> why cool. I learned it. But I um there's three main hobbies I really do consistently, which would be guitar, rock climbing. And then I uh, I bought a trailer and I own two kayaks and two paddle boards. So I go kayaking wow. and paddle boarding a lot. So those are like yeah. my main things. But then the rest is like I try to learn how to ride a skateboard. I still play tennis, but uh, it's you don't have not that good of weather to do it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, how'd you get into kayaking? Um, so I ended up going to Lake Las Vegas and I rented one oh, for a day. Love that. Place. So yeah, I go to Lake Las Vegas. I rented a kayak for two hours and I really enjoyed it. And I was like. I got to buy my own. So I bought... Yeah, just the one time? It was. Yeah, I really am not a very... Like, I, I invest a lot of money, but the money I have left over is gone, man. Hey, bro, you got to have some <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of fun toys and stuff. So I bought um, two kayaks. I bought a 10-footer and an 8.5-foot one. Um, if you ever want to go, I know you're going to leave soon, but if oh, you ever come back... we going to come back for winter? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I actually have a wetsuit. Oh, okay, sweet. But, um, I'll hit you up. Yeah, so I went kayaking, and um, I really liked it. I bought two. Uh, me and my ex-girlfriend used to go. And then what happened once was I ended up taking – We used to. I used to drive a Ford Fusion, which was a uh, little sedan. It wasn't the red one. It was a different one. Gotcha. Uh, I used to put it up on the top of my car. Like, you strap kayaks to the top oh, of them. Yeah. And holy shit, I was bad at it. So – they ended up basically one time I was going with my sister and like the bar the kayak sit on like shifted and like scratched the top of my car and like the kayak almost fell over like fell over on its side like on the freeway I was like oh it's my terrifying. god so I was like fuck this shit I'm getting a trailer so I went and Damn, I, so you have a trailer I do have a trailer I That's bought cool. a four by eight galvanized steel trailer and I put plywood on it gotcha. which isn't a super big trailer I got it small so you don't have to register it and I basically just screwed in the places to rack the kayaks and um. Now I can rack kayaks on that trailer. So I have two of those, and then um, I take them out, and then me and my, uh, yeah, I take them out a lot, and I just go kayaking with that. With the trailer, it makes life way easier. And then I ended up seeing a video of paddle boarding, and I was oh, yeah, like, I want to try that. So I bought a paddle board. We would <laughs> never even try it, yeah. Are you crazy? Actually, funny story for that. So I bought a paddleboard. It's like an inflatable one. And you might be thinking, oh. you might be thinking, oh, it's like a floaty. But it has like this material in it where once it's it fully really inflated, hard, it's like you're standing on the Oh, yeah, my friend has one. We it's took it out to the It's crazy. So I bought one. And then um, my current girlfriend will ride that. And then I'll ride a kayak because she kind of likes the paddleboard more. But then uh, we rode it. And we were like... This is really nice. And I still had never paddleboarded. And I was like, well, if I ever wanted to just take the paddleboards and not the kayaks, I have to buy a second paddleboard. So I bought another paddleboard. <laughs> without ever yeah. Still without ever trying. I bought another one. I was like, this is so cool. You should have just bought a third one if it stabbed it. <laughs> just for the fun of it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and I bought it and I was like, okay, I'm going to take it out. 
I took it out and I wrote it and I was like, wow, I like kayaking way better. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have two kayaks and two paddle boards. Or, yeah, two kayaks, two paddle boards. I can take four out, but I never really have four people to go at once. So I only take like three at a time. So sometimes like I'll leave one kayak and then take two paddle boards and a kayak. Or I'll take two kayaks and one paddle board. So that's my life. That's great. So I, but in reality, I do kayak a lot. I like to go outside and hike, and then I like to rock climb. And I play guitar now. I will say I kayaked once. It was so hard. It, it's really <laughs> it's so hard. tiring. I, I won't deny, though. Technically, that's your, uh, I guess that is pulling, though. I was like, maybe it's your push motion, so you could rock climb for your pull. And oh, push. shit. I guess not, though. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, let's see. So we got a bit of time. I wanted to ask you about another thing. So in high school, you were in theater no. choir. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, come on. No, you go. I know um, it's touchy. I, just, I, I sucked. Was, my main thing was I just wanted to know, do you still do any of those hobbies now? Like you're trying to keep up with them at all? Because uh, one, of, I, real quick, one of the things I was worried about because when I left high school, because I sung a lot. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to sing professionally, but I was like, I put all this time into it. I don't want to just lose this skill. So I joined an acapella group on campus. So I oh, kept, really? Like, Are you in it still? Yeah. Cool. We're actually hosting Acapalooza next this year and i'm terrified but yeah anyway wow. I, I i'm not gonna lie i just lost some respect for you i was really into the acapella group thing but acapalooza uh, the high school thing that we put i on. was asked and i, I was i'm nervous because i was like the group's not no good for you i was like i was telling the conductor and i was like i don't think the group is as professional as you think it is so and she was like no that's fine so i mean it might be good I, i'm just a little just nervous just enjoy it have All a good right. time but um, Vegas with the that's boys, super you know? cool. I I'm gonna be honest, and I'm sure you remember this. I was never very good at choir ever. Um, I was. I think I'm a decent singer. Like if I were to sing an actual song, but like choir, choral music. Yeah, choir songs aren't real. Huh? Is yeah, no, <laughs> no choir songs are real, but it's more like singing no, voice parts. No, and it's stuff completely and, different. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I'm very good. Uh, I do enjoy it. Uh, but it's more like I just enjoyed having all my friends in that class and uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, for theater, I only did theater my senior year. I tried out for the advanced group and got in just by, like, chance. And that, I actually don't do any acting or anything, but I honestly would love to. I really like to, um, I don't know. I think it's such a cool thing. I think acting, acting is like, choir is more like, I did that for my friends. Yeah. Acting was more like I just genuinely enjoyed, enjoyed acting. acting. And I think in the beginning I wasn't very good at it, but I think as time went on, I got pretty decent at acting. Uh, my singing was probably still not that good, but my acting was pretty good. Uh, and so I would actually love to do that. I think whenever I write out scripts and stuff, like wow. when I did write that one, when me and my friends do read throughs, we'd like act it out, and that's fun. That but besides cool. that, no, not really. Yeah, but okay. it's yeah, it's hard. I'm not gonna lie, working a like a uh, full time job where my shifts are like twelve hours long, ten hours long, you kind of you don't have as much time to like get to pursue that kind of stuff. So no, I don't really get to, which is kind of sad, but. You put more time into it than me. You were more into it. Like, you're a lot better at it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I said you're better than me. That doesn't mean you're good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> no, but good for you for doing an awkward no, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah. Um, okay. So, we're, I have one more question I like to ask yeah, every guest at the end of the podcast. Yeah. What can you do to improve? I have a whole list. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, <good. laughs> Come on here. Well, like it's really hot. We just turn the air on. Uh, no, so the question is, what is something that you've learned in your life that has had a significant impact on your life? Um, what sex is? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> something that I learned that made a significant impact. Uh, I learned a lot about... Uh, <clears throat> So, I worked with a, one nurse practitioner a lot, uh, 
who was a psychiatric nurse practitioner. And she taught me a lot about like how to identify manipulation and stuff like that. And I know it's like a weird thing to say, but I just feel like a lot of people kind of can have like a little bit of narcissism and whatnot. And I probably do too, to be honest, but it's like, you notice people say manipulative things. And before you're normally just like, Oh, that's a weird thing to say. But now you realize it's from a deep rooted, like this person's a certain type of way. Not to go writing people off when you're like, that's a red flag, of course. Like, I still have friends and stuff. But I learned that um, when you learn to identify those things better, it, you know how to handle if that person gets, like, a certain way, how to kind of cut them out of your life. Not to be, like, cut everyone out of your life. That could yeah. be, like, a negative thing. But if if you're dealing with a certain type of, like, person, I think I, I learned a lot. Wow, this is not answering your question. This is just, I probably said that. No, it is, it is, because you're saying something that you learned that. I feel like I learned a lot about how to, how to kind of get people out of your life if you feel like they're not necessarily a positive influence. That's why I stopped talking to you. Uh, No, I'm kidding. But, oh, so you just have a podcast for clout, huh? Because I got so much of it. (laughs) Hi, mom. (laughs) No, Strad's Strad's always been great. But it's just more like, um, I feel like you, the moment you learn how to, like it's okay to get negative influences out of your life. I feel like I um, kind of dealt with a lot of stuff from years ago, but I, I instantly learned then that it's like when someone's acting a certain way or they're not good towards you, even if it might cause turmoil for a while, it's probably better to not have them around in your life than to keep them in like, no, that, I you know actually think saying? that's a really good point. And because and I, I think it's really hard for people. Not, I'm not saying cut people off, but it's yeah. really hard for people to cut people off. I actually, yeah. the second podcast I did with my friend Andrew, he, ta- he was talking about how he had a friend group. Yeah. That basically he was trying to grow and like mature, but they were kind of mm-hmm. like giving him shit for it. Yeah, so he it's true. to kind of stop hanging out it, with them as well. It's really hard to, um, <clears throat> to do that. It's really hard to be like, because in some cases you might lose like all your friends and you might be like, I'm not going to have any friends if I do this or that. And it, it really sucks. And it, and you might care about those people too. I I cared about all of them, but it's yeah. just like sometimes you have to just do it for like your own growth. Um, and so I think that really teaching yourself it's okay to get people out of your life and like things will work out in the end. Or there might be some points where I didn't have any friends anymore, but then it's like you just make more. You there's more people you meet. Like I think I'm assuming your demographic is going to be younger people. I don't think 90 year old people are going to be watching this. So I think. If you're young and you're like, you know, I have this friend, but it's like, it's scary to do that and you don't know how they're going to be and whatnot. If you feel like they're a negative influence, cut them out and then go from there because you're still young. Like there's so much more that's going to happen. It won't even matter years later. I think it's important to kind of set standards for yourself on what you want out of a friend. Yeah. Like when people are like surround yourself with people who you want to end up being, that is absolutely true. If you surround yourself with people who are, not that I've, I never really surround myself with people who are like scumbag like drug addicts but it's like if you were to sur- surround yourself with people who were like drug addicts and stuff you probably are not gonna it's gonna be a lot harder for you to succeed because you'll have people kind of holding you back probably yeah i'm a big uh proponent of like changing your environment to change exactly, your behaviors yeah. because i feel so much of mm-hmm. what you do is like automatically based on yeah. the b- environment around you mm-hmm. so just by being around people you want to be like you'll absorb yeah it. and don't and the key is really like you got to be kind of good about it too. You can't, don't cut people off and just be like, cause I'd see everyone's like, you just tell people off. And I'm like, don't do yeah. that. Like yeah, some people think it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's like not. they have the, power, the ego power. Yeah. To cut people it's like off that. The reason why you're cutting someone off isn't so you can have some cool moment where you're telling them off. It's so then you can grow better yourself. So I in, in like, these situations yeah. where you've cut people off, have you tried beforehand to talk to them about yeah. why you're not? 
Normally, uh, certain circumstances, yes. Other circumstances, no. Some people I was a lot closer to uh, than other people. But no, I've definitely tried having conversations with people and stuff like that. And it just didn't work out. And it's not that I don't care about these people. And I say a little bit, I'm like, if they were to reach out to me, I probably would respond and talk to them. But it's more just like, if you could see they're not willing to compromise or they don't even really want to talk about it or something like that, it's probably best to just not have them uh, around. So... Yeah, that's kind of my thing I learned is it's okay to get rid of negative influences in your life. Not trying to call anyone who I don't talk to anymore negative influences, or if I even had a falling out with you, it doesn't make you a negative influence. Uh, It's just more like specific isolated stuff. And it could also just be like more, like not negative in general, but it could just be maybe for you it's not helping you as much. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like sometimes there's some people where there didn't even need to be a conversation or anything. It's just like we just both kind of stopped talking to each other. And it's not because like whatever it's just we probably just both weren't doing anything for each other as like friends so we just kind of drifted and we're like there's no point in whatever it's not like i dislike any of these people it's like all this happened a pretty long time ago it's like young i feel like it's weird to be like you know i don't care about it but then i bring it up like year like after a year or two but it's like it's more just like it's a learning experience that you can pull from it's not that you are like have this weird resounding like pain or whatever yeah yeah well i think that's actually a really good piece of advice so I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Uh, like if your mom doesn't buy you whatever you want, cut that you bitch gotta off. Cut her. You, you gotta, gotta cut her up. No, you gotta cut her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she should be buying you whatever you want, though. Yeah, like, you should get everything. She's you want. your mom. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Well, I think that's a great place to end off. <laughs> yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Do you want to actually? Sure. Let me. Let's see. What is it? Tubby ache. Well, you can follow my climbing, my fake well, climbing page. That shit right away. Lil underscore tummy ache. Uh, the photo's a cat. Okay. And then is it gypsy? my, no, just a random cat on the internet. <laughs> and then, uh, Joseph Fal- underscore underscore Falcone is my actual Instagram. Really? Uh, and it's a picture of me and I look like a douchebag in it. We'll be ready to see no post. I have one post. Do you have a post? Yeah, it's me in a kayak. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. Actually, for I had me. a great time. I think you said some. Was that your uh, best guest? I think one of my funnest guests. I think we joked around a lot, and I like that. Yeah, because I'm trying to lobby that Stride just makes me part of his podcast full time. Well, if the comments get riled up enough, maybe. The comments are going to make this guy's fucking ugly and <laughs> stupid and fat. Yeah, I'll delete those comments. Oh, thank I'll you. I'll censor that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being on, Joey. Of course, man. Thank you.